You're with Julian on the brown note. And didn't four corners start a ball rolling? This is the first of three pieces on the sex scandal and the rape scandal engulfing the Liberal Party at present. And I did a piece, I've done a few pieces on this, but I did one saying that Scott Morrison will be taken down by the Brittany Murphy rape scandal about a month ago, which I will focus on later. But Four Corners really opened a can of worms when they did their first expose on misogyny rife in the ranks of the Liberal Party and specifically about Christian Porter and Alan Tudge. Nothing was done, nothing happened to them. Christian Porter is currently on leave accused of rape. So I'm going to go through last night's Four Corners, uh, a timeline, because I think it throws up a lot of interesting perspectives on what happened and who was culpable, who knew what, and the likelihood of Scott Morrison known. So on the 22nd of March 2019, before the 2019 miracle election win for Scott Morrison, Brittany Higgins, a new staffer at the Liberal Party of a few weeks, is at the dock bar in Canberra with several other staff, including a senior advisor who kept buying her drinks. She thought as a reward for a job well done, he thought otherwise. She'd only just arrived and she became absolutely paralytically drunk, falling over and covering herself in grass stains, said she had to go home. The senior advisor said that he would take her home in a taxi but swing by Parliament House first at 2am, which surprised security, but apparently they have to let people in at all times, night or day, drunk or not. Uh, they didn't have any passes with them, so they had to sign in. And Nicola Anderson, who came forward in last night's documentary, uh, a security guard of 10 years was the person who let them in. She saw how intoxicated Brittany was, uh, couldn't put her own shoes on, but they're not allowed to stop access to anybody who has the correct access and they did. And they said the culture is to let people into Parliament House drunk and it's not uncommon for them to have sex in the offices. This is an immediate red flag. This is the government of Australia where people are arriving at night drunk out of their minds. These are people being paid sometimes three to $400,000 a year and claiming the same in expenses to represent the people and tell us all how we have to be good Christian people and they're behaving like this as a culture. Um, so they let them into Linda Reynolds' office, who was the defence minister. First thing that I thought about this, this guy took her to Linda Reynolds' office. Why didn't he take her to her house or his house? What was going on there that he felt that the best place to try and rape her uh, was in the office of Linda Reynolds in Parliament House? I don't get that at all. Uh, it's really strange. She was a minister for defence. Brittany passed out as soon as she got in the office and woke up undressed with the guy who still isn't being named by the press raping her. Now it's going to the courts again. I guess there is a prejudicial angle there for not naming him. The guy left after 20 minutes in an agitated state and security tried to talk to him and he just fobbed him off and walked out. You think that would have been a huge alarm bell here. Um, they did a welfare check on her at 3 a.m., where she was naked in the room and the door was open. Oh no, the door was closed and she actually knocked on the door and let herself in and, and she was naked, woke briefly and fell back to sleep again. Uh, security left her. Even though this guy had just brought her in paralytically drunk and walked out after 20 minutes in an agitated state, they left her and the inference was that this isn't uncommon. 
Uh, security, um, she didn't leave until 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Staff immediately, who became uh, notified of the incident, immediately sent in cleaners, destroying all evidence, all physical evidence. And whether they did that for non-nefarious reasons, such as the fact that a naked woman had been sleeping in the office and they'd had sex, uh, or whether they suspected a sexual assault had occurred and wanted to clear up the evidence, we haven't yet got to the bottom of. Brittany then returned to work on Tuesday. Uh, on Monday, a senior the senior advisor returned to his desk and um, was immediately told to, to clear his desk out and leave and sacked on the spot. So they knew something was going on here. Um, now, Fiona Brown, who had previously been Scott Morrison's chief of staff, as high up as you can get as chief of staff, and after the election returned to Scott Morrison to work very high up for him, interviewed Brittany, and Brittany told her about the rape on the Tuesday after the Friday it happened. Now, this is someone who was the chief of staff for Scott Morrison and returned to work for Scott Morrison at a very high level, and Scott Morrison didn't know about it. Uh, Fiona gave Brittany the day off and a brochure about sexual assault. Scomer says this was a security breach and that was the reason the, the, the guy was sacked for uh, a security breach. Now, Nicola Anderson's the security guard that's come forward. She said there wasn't a security breach at all because they both had a right to be in the office. So Scott Morrison is currently parading around something that appears to be a complete lie. Um, Nicola said that no one has ever spoken to her about the incident. This was one of the most interesting parts of the whole documentary on Four Corners that no one in the media has seemed to have picked up on. Nicola Anderson has come forward. She said in her own words, because she is now in fear of losing her job because she thinks that they are making a scapegoat out of her. They think that Scott Morrison is parading around the fact that it was a security breach because she is going to get the sack as she is going to get blamed. Now, if it was a security breach, why was he sacked? And why was Brittany given the brochure about sexual assault? Does that make sense to anyone? Why was she not sacked? Even if he's a serious member of staff and she isn't, why is he sacked for a security breach and her interviewed about a rape? I said before, I think the people that will first get the sack for this will always be women. Brittany told colleagues that same Tuesday, and um, bizarrely, the Australian Federal Police contacted her. They already knew about this alleged sexual assault before Brittany had told them, and before it, she knew that anyone else had told them. So how did they know about it to ask her? Uh, Linda Reynolds, the defence minister whose office it happened in, then interviewed Brittany in the same office she was raped in. And they played a recording, a voice recording from the time where Brittany is in a flood of tears, highly agitated, saying about how upset she was that she was interviewed in the very office where she was raped. Uh, Linda Reynolds says she didn't know about this, but her chief of staff had already sought out advice on sexual assault. Brittany asked colleagues to contact the Prime Minister's office, which they then did around the start of April. Uh, Julian Le Bruges, a member of the top-ranking member of Scott Morrison's team, 
and John Kunkel, the chief of staff at that point for Scott Morrison, were both told about the rape. Scott Morrison didn't know. Even though two, perhaps his top two advisers were told about it. Uh, police had already compiled CCTV footage of the incident, but Parliament House refuses still to give up the CCTV footage of Brittany in the building to the police or to Brittany. Why? Brittany said she didn't want to uh, carry on with prosecuting the issue um, because she was letting the side down during an election. She has subsequently said that she felt pressured into dropping the issue and taking one for the team. She then immediately got offered a job in Perth with the government and flew over. The police asked her why she was dropping it. The accused rapist was then given two references from the government, from various people in the government, and went on to a new high-paid role, which he's now lost. Scott Morrison won the election, and Brittany starts working with Michaela Cash, who allegedly said she had to suck it up because she was getting so upset by the post-traumatic stress of the rape. Uh, Michaela Cash allegedly said she had to suck it up. Five months later, the Canberra Times ran an article about this alleged rape, and Scott Morrison didn't know. Uh, they then turned round onto Brittany and accused her of leaking the article, which mortified Brittany, and she's on tape saying about how upset she is and about how she doesn't want anyone know what, to know what happened to her. Uh, Zoe Stiegel was really good on that documentary. The local member here said that no one will come forward because they're all in it. And I thought those words were classic, because they're all in it. They all knew. None of them can actually say that the other person knew or put the other person in it, because all of them did. Five months later, an anonymous letter was sent to Parliament. Four Corners, uh, the uh, original Four Corners that uh, went to air about the misogyny thing, um, Brittany saw it and got enraged. Now, this is around the time she starts making the moves to go public, which she did on the 12th of February a month ago. Scott Morrison's top secretary, who is probably his, one of his three inner circle biggest people, contacted Brittany about the rape, but Scott Morrison didn't know. Peter Dutton was made aware because of his position, and Scott Morrison didn't know still. And then over the weekend before it actually broke in the papers, uh, six to seven of Scott Morrison's staff had drafted responses to the Britney rape scandal, and Scott Morrison said he then found out it in the media. So none of his staff told him that this was happening. And that's when Scott Morrison went before Parliament and made his fabulous slip of the tongue. Now, remember that the Prime Minister's office were notified via text message, which has already been made public, on the 4th of April 2019. Scott Morrison said he found out through the media when it was published, and his office found out on the 12th of February, but he actually said, found out on the 5th of April, sat down, and then got up and went, oh no, I misread, I meant to say the 12th of February. That's a timeline of some amazing coincidences and some genuinely appalling behaviour, which points to a mass cover-up that goes all the way to the top and that Scott Morrison knew about from the beginning.